Welcome to Navigating Education, the podcast, bonus episode number six, selecting EdTech tools to amplify instruction for any setting. As I said, this is a bonus episode, which means it's aligned to the book, Navigating the Toggle Term, a guide for K-12 classroom and school leaders. And today, as with all the other bonus episodes, I have one of our case study authors here today to discuss with us their chapter case study and just going in for a little bit of a deep dive. And today I have Shannon Moore with us and her background is that she is an high school English speech teacher and technology coach. And she's from Visalia, California. And she's been teaching for about 10 years and loves all things ed tech, has a master's degree in uh, education, a specialization in best practices and single subject from national universities and a bachelor's in communication from California State Fresno. And she's a global education group leader and a certified for education for Google level one and two and a Google certified trainer. So she's involved in so many different things, including Adobe and spends a lot of time connecting with educators on Twitter and learning new practices as we go. All right. So here we go. So thank you for being here. Of course, I'm so excited to be here. Um, I really enjoyed my time, you know, writing and adding my teacher case study for your new book that's coming out in July. Congratulations, by the way. Very, very exciting. I'm sure you're yeah. stoked, right? Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm really stoked. It's been a, um, a year in the making and it's been a, a fun and exciting journey. Okay. And so let's talk about a little bit about your context in education over the past 15 months. So talk a little bit about what's been going on in your world in education. Talk about a little bit um, how you got to your current position and then talk a little bit how you navigated the past 15 months. Yeah, okay. So uh, like Matt mentioned earlier, I'm an English and speech teacher and my a site technology coach. And uh, I never thought that I would be a teacher. I actually started out going to school to be a pediatrician. That didn't work out because I couldn't do math. Um, and so, you know, took some time off of college a semester to figure it out. Shadowed a bunch of English teachers, found out that's what I wanted to do but hated the English major. So ended up going the communication route. And it's been a blessing. Um, you know, because uh, largely what I teach is advanced placement English. And so I'm doing a lot of uh, study around writing um, and analyzing rhetoric, which is essentially what the communication major is. I, you know, this last 15 months has been something really interesting. Um, I think most teachers can say that it was a challenging time, but also I learned so much. And, you know, this is the first year that I actually was appointed to the technology coach position. We had never had it in our, our school before, but um, our administrators knew that it was a really kind of important piece, especially since we were going to be virtual for most of the year. So I had the opportunity to support teachers. Um, you know, all of my tech knowledge is self-learned. I just kind of have a passion for it and dove in and it paid off. So uh, it's been a challenging year, but I've also learned a lot about myself as an educator and uh, have been able to support others, which is always something that I'm looking to to do. It makes me happy and brings me joy. Definitely. And I think a lot of us um, prior to um, the pandemic and there were tech coaches on campus, but they weren't as 
uh, needed as they are today in our right. current education um, context. But I, I think, like you said, a lot of us are enthusiasts, we're self-taught. We've been probably been using ed tech since the beginning of our careers to at least to some extent building over time. So I, and that just gives us a little bit of that fundamental background of, you know, how to integrate them within our instruction. So speaking of integrating um, ed tech tools into our uh, instruction, really the basis of the first chapter of the book is going through the process of selecting the tools for our classroom settings. And everyone has their own process. There's different theories, frameworks, et cetera. I discuss uh, my philosophy that's integrated with a number of um, research um, theories and about integration and whatnot. Although I wanted to have a voice that was a tech coach working with teachers every single day yeah. uh, about integrating various tools. And there's so many tools out there, um, whether they're uh, paid subscription tools or they are freemium or free that you can utilize. There's just so many to choose from. And many of the same tools do a lot of the same things. Some of them may have different <laughs> features. Right. Some of them may have the same features. Some of them may just have a different name. Right. Um, so there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. And I, I, my philosophy throughout the entire book is think less is more. Right. And I, I believe that really fits when we're selecting tools. So um, when we think about uh, ed tech tools, how do you begin to determine which ones to use in your class and when you're coaching teachers? Yeah. So for me, I always kind of um, start with, okay, let's think about the tool and let's think about the learner in mind. Right. I think a lot of tools out there are fun and they're, they seem engaging. Um, but really ultimately the, the end goal is to get the students to learn, right. And, and, um, to amplify, uh, kind of the lessons that we're providing them. Uh, after I kind of do that, I felt like the best way for me was to narrow it down to different areas of pedagogy. So started categorizing kind of, okay, what are the main areas that I'm really going to focus on or how am I going to, you know, when I'm doing lesson design, um, what are the main areas? And I broke it down into really five main areas, collaboration, engagement, assessment, modeling and practice, and then uh, feedback and communication. And so after I kind of narrowed it down there, the best uh, kind of next step was um, in those different areas throughout the course of my lesson design, um, you know, I would then go and do a deep dive into, you know, is this something that's easy to use? Is it something that really will enhance the learning or is it just fun to use in the classroom? And then what are the accessibility features that uh, are there to support all learners and um, you know cater to the special needs that required in the classroom? So really I felt like that was the best way to break it down for me. Uh, and it did give me kind of a focus um, you know, throughout the course of my lessons. No, definitely. And I, I truly think that accessibility and then the, in the instructional strategies that we can align with the tools to me is the most important thing to think about when we're integrating tools into our classroom so that it can, everyone can use it, can create an equitable environment as well as be an opportunity for us to take the strategy and amplify the strategy and delivery. Right. And that's essentially my thought in um, how to really think about integrating tools. So you really uh, nailed on the head right there. So that's, so that's great. So 
now let's talk specifically about strategies. So when we're talking about the pedagogy, the instructional strategies, so can you give us a few examples of what ones that you use uh, with various tools and um, how do you determine what type of strategies to use with the tools that you have selected for your class? Sure. So first and foremost, I think one, one element that I always keep in mind is uh, it's important to like vary the tools used. Now, I agree with you that less is more and we don't need to be using more than, you know, what is required. Um, but when I say varied, I don't mean necessarily that you are, um, you know, having like 20 tools that you're using, you know, as you support the instructional strategies. Uh, but rather what I mean is, is pick those tools that you can like really maximize on their potential and like what they could do. For example, Google Slides. Let's talk about Google Slides. Uh, if we talk about Google Slides, right, it's such a simplistic tool, right? It's, it's a presentation featured tool. However, it also can be a great tool for collaboration, right? You have uh, the opportunity to, you know, toggle between the normal view and grid view. So if students are collaborating, you as an educator, virtual or in, you know, in class, uh, you can see kind of the every move that every single student is making. And that kind of gives you an idea of like who needs support along the way, right? You could see about equity. Is everybody participating in, in adding their voice? Are they getting that opportunity? Uh, Google Slides also has so many add-ons, right? So like one of my favorite add-ons is Pear Deck. So if we're talking about engagement and engaging all learners, right? I can then create, um, you know, add on the like Pear Deck features for each of the, the different slides as I'm as I'm moving through the lesson. And so we're encouraging that, you know, engagement is a piece. And we actually are a site that pays for the premium features of Pear Deck. We subscribe to it. So I also have that feedback tool, like are it automatically built in. So I guess the versatility and the and like varied nature of the tools is is really kind of an important piece when thinking about instructional strategies. Um, I also am really big on um, never ever the, like making the first time they, that I use the EdTech strategy or sorry, the tool to support the strategy in class. Um, I never, ever uh, make it academic when I first start. I always give an opportunity if it's a new tool that I'm introducing to my students. I always give them a chance to kind of play uh, with it in a, like a low risk scenario or setting so that they don't feel overwhelmed uh, using it for the first time. But, you know, you can take any instructional strategy uh, Think, write, pair, share, uh, turn and talk, mind mapping, and really uh, maximize on the tool, ed tech tools that are out there to really amplify that. And actually, you know, because most of us were in a virtual setting this year, and I hope that we don't just, you know, get rid of tech next year when we return face to face. I hope that it becomes something we use to amplify the learning within the classroom. Um, you know, you could still use the tech to support those instructional strategies. Yeah, hundred percent. And I truly think that there'll be a little bit of pushback regarding tech, I believe going back more so in person. Although I hope that uh, I've just had a number of conversations with people on this podcast, as well as uh, you, is that hopefully everyone feels a lot more comfortable using the tool to deliver the instructional strategies. And I think just overall, when we're using the tech, since we are in that digital classroom environment, even though we're in person, that it creates overall just a more equitable 
environment, especially when we're thinking about a tool like Pear Deck, is that you can have that overt and covert engagement and you can provide that feedback to students covertly as well as overtly right. so that they can um, you know, learn from what you wanna do as, a, as an instructor. So it's, it's really powerful. Um, and Google Slides and just slides in general is just one thing that I talk about in the book. Um, there's so many other tools, but I truly think that interactive slides are one of the basis of tools that you can use, whatever type of interactive slide that you're using is something that really can amplify your instructional strategies when you want to integrate those Absolutely. in your uh, instruction. So moving forward to our last little bit here is that what do you think are some uh, a few tips and tricks that you would suggest for school leaders and classroom uh, teachers to select ag tech tools? Maybe talk about two or three of these tips. Sure. Uh, let's see. So first and foremost, I think that before you even get to the point where you're actually selecting the tools, you have to establish a culture of risk taking. You know, when you're using a ed tech tool for the first time, uh, it doesn't matter how technologically savvy you are, right? If you have a, because, you know, so much tech know-how, but you've never used something for the first time, it's scary, right? But if a school leader can really promote that uh, culture of risk-taking within the classroom, I think that will set the stage for, you know, how ed tech is going to be integrated to amplify learning throughout the course of the year. So that's step kind of one, that would be a tip and a trick. I mean, the only way that you can do that is, is model it and really try to kind of reiterate to your staff that it is okay to um, fail, not to be cliche, but that idea of, you know, fail equals first attempt in learning. I think school leaders need to model that first before they, um, you know, so that they can show their, their teachers that it's okay to fail. Um, what's not okay is if we stay, you know, in the failure, stay stagnant, we have to move forward uh, using that, that failure as like a stepping stone. So that'd be one tip. The next tip I, I would say is, um, you know, I recently talked with um, Dr. Matthew X. Joseph, M many people know him from, you know, the Twitterverse, but his district does a really cool thing um, called the core four, where they choose like four basic tools that hit like those four uh, major areas of pedagogy and instructional design. Uh, and I thought that that was something really cool. I think uh, district leaders, school leaders could really work with a specific group of teachers who maybe feel more comfortable with ed tech integration, and they could really nail down, you know, here are some core ed tech pieces that we're going to commit to this year, right? One of those pieces, obviously, being the learning management system, whether that be Schoology, Canvas, Edmodo, whatever, um, you know, Google Classroom. Uh, have have like opportunity for for individuals to um, start there, feel comfortable there, and then you can pick a couple other tools for assessment, for engagement, um, you know, and for enrichment. And so that I think that's great. I think if if the if the school leaders can kind of work alongside a team of leaders, tech leaders at their campus, they could really come up with a great plan of action that does not overwhelm teachers. Um, which brings me to my third piece, um, you know, don't, like I mentioned before, you know, don't just throw an ed tech tool into a very complicated uh, lesson that requires higher order thinking automatically. Give the students a chance to play with the tool first, 
in a low risk setting. So whether that be collaboratively creating something fun, like a, um, you know, I got this idea from Georgina Dean, but a like class mascot, right. Or a group mascot, let them get on, you know, drawings or Canva or something like that to, to create a class mascot before you actually, actually ask them to, you know, dive into research and turn that into an infographic, uh, or allow them to, you know, um, play with Padlet by answering personal questions, right? Um, things about their life, low risk stuff that they know, you know, cause we can all talk about ourselves a lot. And then you can ask them to really dive in. Uh, same thing with Jamboard. I mean, there's so many wonderful tools out there and I, I hate to hear that it didn't go well the first time because teachers kind of just threw it on the kids and nobody really knew how to use it well. And it was, um, you know, a total disaster in that regard. And so then they just abandoned the tool and that's just unfortunate, right? So ease in, take that risk um, and just know that it's not always gonna go right the first time, but the more you use it, the more you get comfortable with it, the more your students get comfortable with it, uh, the better you know it'll go. And it'll for sure amplify student learning if you use it right. Those are some amazing uh, tips and tricks. I, I love the, um basically the four tools that align with the major um, pedagogical choices of the school and district. I really think that's a, a, a great strategy along with your other uh, tips and tricks there. I think that provides a really good framework for integrating these tools into instruction, whether, you know, whatever setting you're in. So as we finish up, where can our listeners find you on social media and what projects are you working on now? Awesome. Yeah. So I am on Twitter. You can find me there uh, pretty active at s'more. My name is Shannon Moore. So S more S M O O R E underscore teach at s'more underscore teach on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram at AKA dot s'more and, uh, our passion, my passion projects right now that I'm working on, uh, I am a, one of three co-hosts for a podcast called the three caffeinated coaches. You can check us out by going to threecaffeinatedcoaches.com. That's the number three and then caffeinatedcoaches spelled out.com. Uh, and then I'm also working on a book, uh, which you kind of know about here, Mr. Rhodes, right? Um, yeah. So, so finishing up a book, we announced recently that we are writing a book that will be out in 2022. We're very, very grateful. I'm writing it with uh, Matt here and uh, another co-author, Janelle. And uh, we got picked up by Edumatch Publishing, which we're so grateful for. And we're looking forward to that journey and that adventure. So keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, super excited about what's to come. I love your podcast. So many good nuggets of information to help coaching and just navigating education in general. And definitely excited about that future book. So yeah. wrapping up here, thank you everyone for being here today and listening to this. You can pick up the book, uh, Navigating the Toggle Term, a guide for K-12 classroom and school leaders in July 2021. And this is our deep dive into our first case study within chapter one of the book. Have a great one, everyone.